Hello everybody, this is Tamsin Wolf and this is my podcast Bullseye, the 11th episode. I've come on here today with not the story that I intended telling on my 11th episode, as if anyone is following, they will know that I left off where I had just been moved into a little apartment, little unit, uh, where my mother had more or less left me to fend for myself there. And it has to be said that the bulk of the most grisly parts of my story do begin now. So even though there were some pretty horrid stories back before this one uh, to do with my stepfather and several other people, yeah, this is well, to my mind and to my view, I guess this is where I, you know, they just tend to become a little bit sort of darker and it's a little bit of a depressing stream of stories now, probably for the next at least five or six, I guess. So having said that, I have hesitated long and hard, I guess you would say, over the last couple of months and have really hit a bit of a wall as far as just being really scared and um, overwhelmed in telling this next lot of stories because I realise every time I begin one of these stories, <laughs> here goes the voice, I realise every time I start to tell one of these stories that does probably affect me a little bit more emotionally and everything that I probably anticipated it would when I started this podcast. And I have said that before, I realise, but I just say that again by way of explaining why it does take a long time to come back sometimes. And this time it's been a couple of months. And besides that fact, I'm just overwhelmed and and really thrilled with the amount of listeners that I have been receiving since the last one. It's just taken off incredibly and again, especially lots of you who are listening in the US who um, would just absolutely love to meet one day. I was actually thinking if the numbers continue as they are in the US with the US listeners, uh, the next time I come over there, which mightn't be for another possibly year or so, I guess, but I would absolutely love to meet you all in a some sort of, I don't know, forum or question and answer kind of capacity I don't know where my my dream would be to have it in the Barnes and Noble bookshop in New York, um, where I could have a bit of an event and hopefully meet you all because a lot of you do appear to be in New York. And yeah, so wouldn't you never know what can happen down the road, but that would be just a joyful thing to do that could come out of all this. So yeah, I um, I'm back today, not so much to tell this story, the story that I intended to tell, which was about another whole episode of abuse from a completely separate man but today I just felt why I've called this episode fire in the belly and I'm sorry if there is definitely stuttering and ums and ahs coming through with this one but I really not quite sure I'm going with it until I start to really let it flow so hopefully it will begin to flow but I call it fire in the belly because uh, yeah today I just woke up feeling really 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 angry and while that might be a very normal emotion to feel considering the circumstances and some of the things that I'm experiencing at the moment, which again, I will explain in full at the, at the times when I actually can, when I'm allowed to, there's a couple of legal things going on for me at the moment. 
that are a long time coming and uh, they have proved to be very, very stressful and have taken a lot out of me physically and mentally and emotionally and even spiritually, I reckon. But I'm not going to give up. I always say I don't give up and I really won't with this. And yeah, so it's just been a really, really difficult couple of months and particularly the last couple of weeks. And when I say that I was angry, I believe wholeheartedly as women, we're not encouraged to be angry a lot of the time. A lot of anger can be misconstrued and can be called a lot of other things by abusive people in our lives, whether it be our families or our partners or, you know, a lot of different people can label us crazy or unhinged or in some way deficient by showing anger at any point. And, you know, you think it's changed a lot from a couple of hundred years ago or even a hundred years ago where many, many women were institutionalised for showing emotions that were too strong or too full-on or too intense, particularly anger and grief and those kind of things. They were literally institutionalised for those feelings because they were considered crazy and, and not capable of conducting themselves through life. So, you know, you kind of like to think that we've come a long way since then, but sometimes I don't know if we have or not, because when I feel these feelings of rage and fire in the belly, which is the name of the episode, that I tend to almost simultaneously sort of feel a little bit of guilt with it or a little bit of shame that I shouldn't be feeling like this and that I, you know, need to calm the farm and just stop thinking about it and all those kind of things that we're told, you know, that we need to be demure and sit down and shut up and all that kind of thing. And so, I, yeah, I freely admit there's some sort of residue for me in that realm kind of thing that, I, you know, God knows where it comes from, from just upbringing and patriarchal bullshit again and all that kind of thing. But I, I know that it's there. I know that I feel that I can't express anger very freely or very easily and it is my firm belief and I think I've also talked about this before at some point that a lot of disease within women you know, particularly particularly areas of um, you know gynecological stuff and breast areas and all that kind of thing this is just my opinion and it's based on a lot of things that I have read and researched and I understand that some people don't either you know don't think of this in the same way or just don't agree but and that's fair enough too but I just believe a lot of disease within women comes from just a burning rage of things that have been done to us and it's a festering feeling a feeling that you can you know it festers up through your body and that's when it you can mass I can't say that word <laughs> I've never been able to say it mastercise mastercise I think I might be making that up Anyway, I think you know what I'm trying to say, but I I just know, I feel that I know that's true. And when I feel like this, where there's just a, a very almost seething kind of anger that comes up within my body, I do start to feel sick really, really quickly and all over. And I get in a lot of pain physically. And, you know, as always, my running joke for want of a better word is that I lose my voice really quickly and as you can probably tell it's going at a rapid rate of knots at the moment so I want to get this over with 
in case it disappears completely. And yeah, so what my point was in recording today, episode 11, was basically just to reach out because I know that there must just be so many of you who feel exactly as I do. I know that there is, and I know you're everywhere around the world that have been traumatized, that have been brutalized, you know, either in a way where it's been a one off thing, whether it's been throughout your life, whether it's repeated attacks, no matter what it is and what has happened to you, it is valid and you're valid to be able to speak up about it, to be able to feel really, really angry about it, to want to in some way either seek justice for it or to just find some sort of balance within yourself or your life where it wasn't, not so much it wasn't all for nothing, but you just have every right to take action on this in whatever way it works for you. And where I want to reach out in a very practical way to all of you, and again, I just want to reiterate too that my email address is the best way to contact me, and that's Tamsin, T-A-M for Mary, S-I-N for Nellie, Tamsin, Wolf, W-O-L-F for Freddie E, they're all lowercase, all one word, TamsinWolf at gmail.com. So please, please send me emails. I thank you for the people who have reached out to tell me their own stories. It's I love hearing from you and I will always listen and always help you in any way I can practically or otherwise and um, but I'm just asking you today that if you I'm not pretending to be an expert on any of this I'm really not and pretending that I have some sort of expertise even in the area of the legal side of things even though I've been through it a few times now but what I can do I and I think it's pretty similar across the board this is where I want to really do some proper research and really understand for those of you in other countries and those of you in other cultures where it's so much harder than it is for me here in Australia, I I fully acknowledge there must be a lot of you where there is a lot more repression in your culture or your country and you, it just isn't, not that it's easy for anyone to come forward and do these things, but it's it can seem virtually impossible to some of you, I imagine, just due to the repercussions, due to the unfairness of your government and your um, laws and all that kind of thing and I will I will make it my business to to study that across the board so I do know what you're capable of not capable of doing but what you can do by way of getting help because I realize it's not the same in every country but here in Australia and I know in a lot of places in America too uh, you there's no what they call statute of limitations about particularly childhood sexual abuse. So I know that's the case in a lot of places. Um, I think there is still a statute of limitations on reporting events that happen to you as an adult. Not completely sure whether that's true across the board either, but there is time limits, I guess. But you know, here in Australia and in quite a few other places that I know of, the things that happen to you when you're a minor, a child, there isn't a time limit on it. They've tried to put time limits on things at different times, I think, in different countries and with different laws, and it's been so refuted and so sort of you know, angered so many people that I just think that it 
is either been changed back or it, you know, has been reviewed again because it's just obvious that anyone who has been assaulted as a child and abused as a child, it's, you know, it's either going to take them a really long time to have the whatever you need inside to push you forward to make these reports. You know, the vast majority of us never, ever do it. And that's just a fact as well. And that just completely breaks my heart. But, you know, here, specifically in Australia at the moment, that there is a whole lot of people coming forward with class action stuff and everything at the moment to do with, you know, so many men that were little boys when they were in these absolutely horrific, you know, boarding house situations and adoption places and schools and institutions where they were supposed to be being looked after by members of the clergy and all that kind of thing, school teachers, all everything that we keep hearing all about over and over again. And, you know, as much as a lot of people are coming forward, I think there's probably just as many, if not 10 times as many, who just don't. And that's for many, many reasons of their own. But you know, I also think that's probably happening in a lot of places around the world that there's class actions against these mass horrors that happened, you know, not all that long ago. Some could be 70s, 80s, 90s, and even after that. So it's not like these were a really long time ago, but uh, no, 50s and 60s as well. But anyway, what I wanted to reach out and say to you is that if the course of action that you feel is right for you is to report what happened to you, and for me, I've also, you know, talked about this before, saying that if I took legal action against every every one of my, you know, perpetrators or every one of my abusers throughout my life, I wouldn't have time to do anything else. I I wouldn't have a life outside doing that because it would just be one after the other. And you know, I don't say that flippantly or lightly. It's just true. But I. I'm a big advocate of picking your battles and which is exactly how I see what I'm doing at the moment. It's it's like pick yeah, pick your battle, the one the ones or the events or the one event even that you know has destroyed a massive part of you, has stolen part of your soul, changed your life irrevocably, all of these things that you know are just wrong in your life because these things happened. You don't, you know, there can be so many, so many spiritual aspects to this of, you know, we don't need to keep blaming people. We don't need to keep looking back at the past and blah, blah, blah. It's all very well for people to say that. And it's often people who haven't experienced anything like, like this that say that kind of thing. And, you know, again, it might be a bit of an unpopular opinion, but I believe people that have gone through this kind of abuse and say that they have completely forgiven slash forgotten what's happened to them in the past. I, I just don't believe them. I'm sorry if, if that's not the truth for you. And I'm very open to listening if you believe that you're one of the people that has managed to do that, to forgive and forget, to not live in the past, to not have it affect you every day of your life. I mean, honest to God, I would be incredibly happy for you if that was the case incredibly and genuinely happy and because that would be a lovely way to be able to live but I know I'm not that evolved I'm not that good well not so much not that good but not that good at living that way I guess in the way that 
we are, we are supposed to just face forward and forgive and, um, you know, let go and everything else. <laughs> I say that in a sarcastic voice because it shits me to tears when everyone says you just need to let go of the past. It's like, yeah, and good for you if you can. But, yeah, some of us just can't. It's not the way we're made, not the way we're designed or not the way we're born. I don't know. But there's a lot of us where I just know it's not that you live. I don't live a life of hatred. I don't think that I don't think I live a life of resentment a lot of the time. A lot of the time I don't. I can go for you know, certain periods of time where, you know, I don't think about this stuff to a huge degree. Not always, not every day. And I, as I've said before, I laugh a lot. I love laugh all the time. I'm, I like to think I'm quite a funny, witty person in a lot of ways, and I absolutely love to laugh. I just find very, a great many very things in this world, you know, absurd, and and they will make me laugh till the day I die. But I, I can't seem to evolve beyond you know, a lot of this pain sometimes, which is why I'm talking about waking up today and just feeling like it's all back again. It's all rearing its ugly head again. And I just get so angry that these perpetrators in the past have been allowed, I guess, the power to have this control over over our lives or some of our lives. It just should never have been the case. And in or by way of gaining back some power if you do take some action, which is what I'm doing in a couple of cases at the moment, I just feel that things need to be really clear or you need to be very clear about your rights and what you're allowed to do, what you're allowed to ask for and what you don't have to put up with with this kind of thing because I feel like it's just not made clear in a lot of cases. It's really, really not. And, for example, with one of these cases that I'm involved with at the moment, the first policeman that I encountered, because often it the first step is entering a police station and making a report, um, not in every case, but in a lot of cases that is how it will start. And inevitably your journey, for want of a better word, with this, with the reporting and with the whole sequence of events you know, it's unfortunate that it does depend on it, but it does, that the first person that you interact with when you start that process is inevitably going to have a huge effect on where the situation goes. It's only, I think literally only because I had been through the the sequence of events before and had some experience of it that I could do what I have done in this latest situation knowing that I have every right to do it. The first time that I ever entered a police station to make a report about any of these things, I had no idea. I was very, very uh, naive through no fault of my own and just had no idea what I had a, had rights to or rights to say or to request. My point is that you know when I have made the report about this latest thing, the first policeman uh, that I encountered was a rude misogynistic pig and I hope one day you're listening to this and I'd love to say your name but I won't because heaven knows what the repercussions of that would be but he was just an arrogant pig and 
if, if that was the first experience I'd ever had and I told him it was historic child sexual abuse I was reporting, historical, like so just means in the past, obviously, and that's all the information he had. So going on that, he would have no idea what the story was going to be, how graphic it was going to be, what ages I was when it occurred, none of it. He knew no details about it and yet barked at me at the front counter of the police station in a very frustrated kind of, oh, God, I'm really busy kind of way, um, which, you know, fair enough, they probably are, but that you cannot treat victims this way. You just cannot. You shouldn't be doing that job. Uh, it was just obviously just a huge pain in the ass for him to have to, to look and talk to me and, you know, find out what was happening. He said loudly in front of a, a large group of people that were all standing around that couldn't I just give the report across the counter at that moment to him. And I had the presence of mind to just be quite incredulous about that bit and just went, no, I can't. I That is just ridiculous that I'm going to give a report of historical child sexual abuse over the counter where everyone is listening to me. It's just, it was so bad. And um, I ended up reporting him, which, again, you have every right to do. And his boss, whatever he's called, the boss um, was quite disgusted in his behaviour. And I got a full and frank apology from from the higher-up person, but not from the, from the cop himself, which I thought was pretty disgusting as well. There's no reply from him at all. And he was just... if. If someone was doing what I was doing for the very first time, didn't know what to expect, didn't know any part of the process, there is no doubt in my mind that you, that they, the person that was reporting the crime would have just walked away and given up. And you would have thought that if that's the reception, that's the level of support you get from the outset, what's the point of doing it that you know, there's no real support, there's no respect, there's no empathy, there's no compassion. So what I was getting at is that you are well within your rights to shut down that communication with that person and ask to see somebody else, which is what I did. I asked for it to be put in my report that I didn't deal with him again and that if possible, could I speak to a woman next time because that makes a difference as well for obvious reasons. Um, you you shouldn't be, you just shouldn't be expected to have to go through and tell your most intimate, horrific stories to some cranky man who's sitting there who couldn't give a flying fuck what happened to you. You shouldn't have to do that. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to do that. Don't you ever let yourself be in that situation where, you know, that's what's happened to you, that they're treating you like that. You ask, I mean, you shouldn't have to ask for this, but if you ever have to, you ask for a private room, decent cop or detective you ask for whatever you need you ask for time to you know sit before you have to give the report and you know get yourself together or breathe deeply or have a cup of tea or coffee or whatever it is you need to get through doing that then you do it because a lot of us I know that we go through these things completely alone as well and that is the hardest part and I get so teary as soon as I start saying that because it is a very, very lonely road. And you are going to, I mean, some of us, some of us might be lucky enough to have 
the things that we dream of, like the supportive families that would, you know, gather around to help. And it's certainly not in my case, and I know it's certainly not in a lot of your cases, especially when they're family members that have committed the crimes, that where people feel forced to take a side in some way. It can be very, very hurtful to see and we'll experience whose side can be taken sometimes. But, you know, that's just down to people's own agendas and their own, you know, screwed up things that have happened to them and their screwed up ways of thinking. You can't, there's no way to get to the bottom of the, you know, rationality of how people think in these situations that you thought would be supportive and don't end up being supportive. It can be very, very painful. But you might also find too, as I have in the first instance of of the one I took legal action with, where I genuinely had several people come out of the woodwork that I didn't even consider as being there for me or uh, or you know anyone that I would have even asked to be there for me or that had any real input. And it turned out they definitely did and you know had memory of things that i I couldn't even fully remember happening and um just stuff like that you just might get a bit of a surprise and hopefully it's a good surprise that you'll find you have got support from various places but you know for those who are let down by their families that's just a whole another world of grief to go through but again you know we're pretty tough we can do it and so yeah I'm just saying the alone part of it is very hard that often there's quite a bit of dissociation that goes on particularly for me in these situations where particularly when I had to deal with that prick of a guy the other day, it's I tend to feel a little bit like I'm leaving my body and not quite present for what's happening because it is so traumatic and it, you're just in a state of disbelief a lot of the time in that any of this stuff is happening or then any of it happened in the first place and that you need to report any of it. It's There's a tendency to just want to you know, jump out of your body while it's all happening and I know I have a tendency to do that. So yeah, it's even little things like if you plan to go and make reports in this way, uh, if you can get somebody to physically take you there, drive you there and wait for you, that's a good idea. So you don't have to drive because I think it's almost dangerous the times that a couple of times I've driven after doing these things where I just haven't been present due to the trauma of it. And, you know, I just think by the grace of the goddess, I've gotten home safely and not harmed myself or anybody else. But in hindsight, I think it's probably not the smartest thing I ever did was drive in a state of trauma. But, yeah, if so if someone can be with you, that is is a good idea. Someone you completely trust who you know has your back. That's really important. Yeah, so, but if you do have to do it yourself, you can do it is what I'm here to say. You can do it. You can absolutely request somebody different if you're not being treated fairly you don't have to be a certain way you don't have to come across the right way when you report these things you don't have to burst into tears as you're telling the story and if you want to and you do what you want if you are overcome with emotion you show that if you're not there's many reasons for that as well I didn't cry while I was making this report this time. There's again, I've talked about that ad nauseum as well, but I, you know, there's sometimes so many tears and so many breakdowns throughout your life that you kind of just run out of them. Like you can run out of, I don't know, just 
yeah, tears and reactions to things or what might be perceived as the right reactions to things. And that is one of my pet peeves, obviously, is the way that you are, in inverted commas, meant to come across when you've been traumatised. You're meant to be crying. You're meant to be shaking. You're meant to be struggling to talk. You're meant to be, you know, so traumatised that that it's impossible to get through your statement and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, no, none of that is necessary. I believe that I spoke and I speak in these situations clearly and concisely. I just tell the absolute truth from start to finish. Uh, my voice might tremble here and there. It's about the most that ever happens with me is I tend not to cry when I'm telling the story. And, you know, you'd be surprised at the number of people who just still look at all that sort of crap as if that means something or that is some indication of how harmed you've actually been by something. You know, when you look at situations in court where people are cross-examined and, uh, yeah, it just sucks. It's that you have to somehow feel that you've got to put on a bit of an act in some way to come across as believable. I mean, maybe, maybe you do. Maybe that is how people are forced to have more compassion for you or something. I don't know. I just don't know anymore, but I, I'm not going to play games. I'm not going to go down that road. You know, you just be yourself is the main advice I would give you. Be yourself. Just, you know, try to speak, not slowly, but just clearly. And you have nothing, probably literally you have nothing to lose, but you also you're just telling the truth, like you're telling the truth of the story of what happened to you, and you're the only one who knows it. You and or you and the perpetrator, you and the abuser are the only two people in the world who know whether that's true or not. And anyone around you, whether it be friends, family, the media, anybody who tells you that that didn't happen, that you're lying, that you're making things up whatever they're going to say about it, it just doesn't matter. There'll always be people who don't believe you. There'll always be people who, you know, and again, for their own reasons, it's not to make excuses for them, but it's for their own reasons. They may just not be able to comprehend what you're saying, comprehend what happened to you, because nothing like that has ever happened to them generally. That's pretty much what it is. Particularly, I find, maybe not particularly, but I just find in my case where there are a lot of different stories, you know, I, I have had people be slightly sort of incredulous to the point, you know, where it's like, you know, that one of these things can happen to somebody, two of these things maybe, but not in this repeated manner throughout somebody's life. You know, you've got to be making some of it up. And I'm just like, yeah, that'd be great if I was. And I'm, I mean, not great, but it's like I've, wish I was to some degree but I'm not and it's just even you know on a psychological level it's a statistical fact that people that have been abused as children are far more likely to be abused again at some other point in their life either you know again another couple of times or repeatedly hence why my podcast is called bullseye because it's exactly what it's about that I'm not saying that it's you know, necessary that that's what happens once you've been abused as a child, that you walk around with a target on your head. But in some cases, that is what happens. And it is a fact. It's a psychologically provable fact 
And for me, it has been the case that for whatever reason, you're not even going to pretend to understand, to be able to speculate on what makes that true. I think that you're the one that, you know, is continually targeted after that first assault. But, you know, suffice to say, it just is so. And if I could explain it better, I would. And one day I might be able to. So, yeah, I'm just saying there is no right or wrong way to do this. I wanted to share my email address again with you, just so you know that somebody somewhere in the world is going to be interested in your story. If you want to tell it to me, I would never, ever mention names on air or anything, obviously. I would never, ever identify you. It's just, you know, you're safe just to tell me anything you need to tell me. It might be the first time you're telling anyone what's happened and I want to be a safe place to be that for you. Anyway, even if I might be on the other side of the world to some of you, that doesn't matter. This sort of shit is what brings us all together and there's no separation between us. There just isn't. So, yes, hamsonwolf at gmail.com and also if you want to go on Facebook, it's my Bullseye Podcast with Tamsin Wolf is the name of my Facebook page and that's there's just a little bit of added information there here and there a few little other bits and pieces of stories and you know just little updates about when I'm going to put something else out and also sort of the first or second maybe the third post down is always one that where it asks if you want to become a patron of the show and so you just uh, tap on the link there to become a patron I so appreciate every time somebody does I got a, a mystery one the other day for somebody that I, I the name didn't come up with it. It was a the name you know you couldn't read the name of the person who had actually just become a patron. So I'd love to give a shout out to them my new mystery one, but I don't know who it is. So thank you, whoever you are. I truly, truly appreciate it. And yeah, if you do want to put your name down when you become a patron I'd love to give you a shout out unless you don't want me to which you just email me and tell me not to but just to show my appreciation to you uh, for everything that you do because again it would not have been possible without the patrons and without the monthly little sponsorships that you give me I I wouldn't have been able to keep doing this without it quite literally and so anytime you want to become a patron um, yeah you're just part of a bigger picture where you know we're working together to combat this sort of crap and to heal and also as always um 20 percent of the proceedings from becoming a patron go to plan australia i donate to plan australia every month um using some of the funds from the patrons which is just a wonderful organization that are very focused on preventing from around the world like preventing female genital mutilation and child marriage, child trafficking, all that kind of thing. They're amazing people who do amazing work, so I really love to support them as well. So that's who you're supporting by becoming a patron of the show. Yeah, my thanks for your love and support as always. Probably a lot of other things that I meant to say coming on here today, but my main point was just to tell you, again, you're not alone. If I could ever offer any advice um, or information just from somebody who's done a lot of this stuff and is continuing to 
be involved in this field. My whole intention is to be there for anybody else who needs to do it as well. I can take it. Sometimes it might seem like I am not coping and I'm struggling and, you know, there's going to be days when I do feel like that. Today's one of them, but I'm okay. I can, I'm not going to fall apart by being there for somebody else. That only gives me strength, to be honest. So, yeah, just know that somebody cares, somebody is listening, somebody believes you, and I will help in any way I can. So thank you again. This has been episode 11 of Bullseye, and I'm Tamsin Wolf. And probably something else I'm supposed to say, but at the moment I can't think of it. So I'll be back as soon as I possibly can. I just want to get a little bit more strength up to begin this next series of stories that are aged from from when I'm aged from about 13 to the next few years, pretty much. So yeah, I will be back to tell those and they have definite trigger warnings with them because some of them are quite upsetting. And yeah, I just hope you'll all stay with me and I love you. Okay, bye. Thanks. <laughs>